Hello, this is Jake Leahy reading the Supreme Court Decision Syllabus in Department of Agricultural Rural Development, Rural Housing Service versus Kurtz. As always, we'll be reading the syllabus of the Supreme Court opinion uh, verbatim without any commentary. And uh, this is the third case of the October 2023 term, and we'll be trying uh, trying to do a better job this, this term of getting everything out the same day, or at least within 24 hours. So be sure to hit subscribe and share this with a colleague, a classmate, or family member, whoever it is that might also be interested. Again, this is Department of Agricultural Rural Development, Rural Housing Service versus Kurtz. Certiorari to the United States Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit. Argued November 6, 2023. Decided February 8, 2024. The Fair Credit Reporting Act of 1970, as amended by the Consumer Credit Reporting Reform Act of 1996, allows consumers to sue lenders who willfully or negligently supply false information about them to entities that generate credit reports. Respondent Reginald Kurtz secured a loan from a division of the United States Department of Agriculture and later sued the agency for money damages under the FCRA. Kurtz alleged that the USDA falsely told TransUnion, a credit reporting agency, that his account was past due, thus damaging his credit score and his ability to secure loans at affordable rates. The USDA moved to dismiss, invoking sovereign immunity. The district court sided with the USDA. The Third Circuit reversed, holding that 15 USC section 1681N and 1681O authorize suits for damages against any person who violates the FCRA. In section 1681A expressly defines person to include any government agency. Held. A consumer may sue a federal agency for defying the FCRA's terms. A. As a sovereign, the United States is generally immune from suits seeking money damages unless Congress chooses to waive that immunity. C.E.G. United States versus Teston. To determine whether Congress has chosen to do so, this court applies a clear statement rule, permitting suit against the government only when the language of the statute is unmistakably clear in allowing it. Kimmel versus Florida Border Regions. Guided by these principles, this court has found a clear waiver of sovereign immunity in only two situations. Financial Oversight Management Board for Puerto Rico versus Centro de Periodismo Investigativo, Inc. The first is when a statute says that it is stripping immunity from a sovereign entity. The second is when a statute creates a cause of action and explicitly authorizes suit against the government on that claim. Statutes in the second category may not directly address sovereign immunity, but dismissing a claim against the government would negate a claim specifically authorized by Congress. Applying these principles leads to the conclusion that the FCRA clearly waives sovereign immunity in cases like this one. The FCRA's requirements apply to persons who, like the federal government here, furnish information to consumer reporting agencies, Section 1681S through 2B. Section 1681N and 1681O create a cause of action for money damages to consumers injured by any person who willfully or negligently fails to comply with the statute's directive. Section 1681A provides a definition of person that includes any government agency, 1681AB, and that applies to the entire act. 
that other statutory provisions in the FCRA and elsewhere address the question of sovereign immunity in arguably more obvious terms, see e.g. Section 1681U, does not make the waiver of sovereign immunity in the provisions at issue here any less clear. B. The government implies that a cause of action against the government is insufficient to effect a waiver unless accompanied by a separate provision addressing sovereign immunity, but the court has held that sovereign immunity may be waived even without a separate waiver provision. Financial Oversight and Management Board. Next, the government turns to the can of superfluity to extrapolate a new rule. A statute should not be read to waive sovereign immunity unless doing so would leave it without any work to perform. Applying its new rule should foreclose suit here, the government submits, because allowing federal agencies a sovereign immunity defense would not foreclose every suit under sections 1681N and 1681O. But this court has never endorsed the notion that a statute may affect a waiver of sovereign immunity only if that is the sole work it performs. The government theorizes that this court may not find a waiver of sovereign immunity where substantive provisions like sections 1681N and 1681O merely cross-reference a general definition, such as persons, that includes both sovereign and non-sovereign entities. Under this court's precedence, however, Congress need not make a clear statement in a single section. Sorry, Congress need not make its clear statement in a single section. See Kimmel. What matters is whether Congress has authorized a waiver of sovereign immunity that is clearly discernible from the sum total of its work. Lac du Flambeau, Band of Lake Superior Chippewa Indians versus Coughlin. Alternatively, still, the government points to Etacedero State Hospital versus Scanlon and employees of Department of Public Health and Welfare, Missouri versus Department of Public Health and Welfare, Missouri is imposing more demanding rules as court must follow before finding a waiver of sovereign immunity. But these cases arise from a period in which the court's approach to sovereign immunity was very different than it is today. Understood in this context, Etesadero stands only for the proposition that Congress must, at a minimum, mention the government when it wishes to scrap sovereign immunity and permit damages claims. The FCRA meets that requirement. Employees is factually distinguishable. Further, the employees court considered legislative history all but dispositive despite the statutory text. A methodological approach the court has since repeatedly disavowed. C. The government requests this court to hold that sections 1681N and 1681O do not clearly waive sovereign immunity because they do not unambiguously incorporate Section 1681A's definition of person, but a court must respect definitions given by Congress as virtually conclusive. Surgeon versus Frost, deviating only when applying it would be incompatible with Congress's regulatory scheme or would destroy one of the statute's major purposes. Digital Realty Trust versus Summers. The government cannot meet that standard given that applying the act's definitional and civil liability provisions as written to allow suits against federal agencies to proceed seem consistent with the act's goal of ensuring fair and accurate credit reporting. Safeco Insurance Company of America versus Burr. The government notes that giving Section 1681A's definition of person effect in Section 1681N and 1681O would render not just the federal government but also individual states susceptible to consumer suits for money damages. 
the government finds that result unthinkable because Congress enacted the FCRA pursuant to the Constitution's Commerce Clause, a provision this court has held does not endow Congress with the power to abrogate state sovereign immunity. But none of that means that the court may disregard the statute's clear terms. See Seminole Tribal Florida versus Florida. Even if state defendants might have a valid constitutional defense to a suit that the government, federal government does not. The government next points to Section 1681Q, a criminal enforcement provision to argue that because the federal government cannot be subjected to criminal prosecution, it would be absurd to apply Section 1681A's definition of person to that provision. Even if the government is right, the power to correct for an absurdity in one portion of a statute does not imply a license to distort other provisions of the statute, NLRB versus Healthcare and Retirement Corp of America. And the government provides no basis here to suggest that applying Section 18, 1681A's definition in 1681N and 1681O would lead to absurd results. Finally, the argument that the Privacy Act of 1974 covers some of the same ground as the FCRA and Congress had no reason to supplement its remedies also fails. The government acknowledges that at least some provisions of the FCRA apply to it, the court's duty when two laws are complementary, as is the case here, is to give effect to both. Affirmed. Justice Gorsuch delivered the opinion for a unanimous court. Again, be sure to hit subscribe and uh, share with other people who might be interested. We'll be hitting the ground running as more cases uh, start to trickle in uh, from the October 2023 Supreme Court term. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.